How far can a man fall before he is considered irredeemable? Theft? Fraud? Murder? Is there even a clear and definable boundary? Maybe someone can be forgiven for almost anything. This week we explore Eugene Francois Vedoc, whose life as a criminal genius would lead him into the most unexpected of endings. Y'all listening to Old Timey Crimey, crimes from the golden age of yesteryear. Now, here's your hosts, Christy and Scott. Hey, gumshoes! I love calling you guys that. (laughs) (laughs) It's Old Timey Crimey with Christy and Scoot. Scoot. If it's gonna if it's gonna be Vidoc, I get to be Scoot. Scoot Mort. Mort. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. How do you say Mort in French? It's I think it's it's Mort. It's Mort. 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 Scott Mort. I mean, I think, but I don't know. I'm (laughs) I'm I'm still very bad at French. The French have this wonderful thing of like like forgetting what the word is halfway through it and just dropping off the last seven or eight letters. (laughs) Yep. Yep. That's a French thing. Mm Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. So, what's up? How's your week going? It's been pretty good. It's been pretty good. Had another health scare. Oh, no. But it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was in the shower and I found a lump on my oh. testicle. Oh, no. Yeah. So, this is like uncomfortable talk right now. But <laughs> this is important because whenever you find a lump, you have to get to the doctor. Oh, yes. Right the hell away. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So they get me in, especially with like cancer on my mother's side of the family and cancer on my father's side of the family and probably the dog and <laughs> just, I'm, I'm like, obviously evolution is saying that like my family line should have died out long ago, <laughs> just with all the genetic poison I carry in my system. But, uh, they got there, they took a look at it and went, it's an ingrown hair. And it's like, oh, thank God. <laughs> can I... you, can you let go of my genitals now, doctor? Yes. No, the doctor says. <laughs> I'm going to need to examine them a little more closely. <laughs> I like making people uncomfortable. Where the hell is the porno music coming from? <laughs> and what's the name of the song? It's great. Do you have that, like, piped in through yeah. the wall? What? <laughs> Here's where we would advertise Sonos. Yes. If they were a sponsor. <laughs> yeah, they're not, though. They're not. Now they never will be. How's your week been? It's been pretty good. It's been, I, um... Yeah, just kind of, I mean, Uneventful had another Etsy sale, so that was exciting. And um, But yeah, just Uneventful, just need to get myself in gear to start prepping for the new school year, oh. for the new semester. And I found out that my classes, instead of just being in one normal classroom for my two classes, you know, back to back, one class is in the music room. What What's going on? I, I, I emailed and they were like, well, it's set up with all the technology you'll need. And I'm like, that's... Okay. Wi-Fi enabled trombones? What the fuck am I going to do with that? (laughs) And the other one's in a completely different building, which is a new first for me. So I'm going to get to trek through the snow and everything. Are they punishing you? Did you do something? That's my question. Um, And I don't know. It just, they said, you know, classrooms are a little tight right now. And uh, who knows? If if enrollment is in in our program is up, I'll find that out in the the division meeting uh, in September. But... Yeah, like, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't care, you know, like... Do they listen to this show? Are they punishing you for the things I say? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> we... Fuck those guys. <laughs> no, 
don't don't punish Christy for the things that come out of my mouth. She has no control over me. I think we found this out. I'm going to end up teaching in a basement mm-hmm. with a red stapler, thanks to you. <laughs> <laughs> or no red stapler, yeah, actually. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Even lose that. Yeah, and staples, staplers are very important because they'll bring their papers and I'm like, all right, who needs a stapler? Like, two hands raise and then I go get the stapler out of my office I come back and 12 of them use it <laughs> like I, clearly some of you are just depending on everybody else to be the answerers I I would just go you know what you want a staple that's gonna be 30 cents yeah <laughs> 30 yeah. cents per staple you can make a killing I mean it's academia they, yeah. they, they charge tons for everything so you know uh, sure why not yeah and you know what then you know students would end up stealing the staplers Yes, of course. Yes, yeah. yes. And you make you make something high value, people will steal it. Exactly, exactly. And then they're going to end up, you know, in a bad, bad place, and they're going to have to escape prison over and over and over. In lots of fun disguises. Yes, yes. Which leads us to one Eugene Francois Vidal. Yes, this guy. This guy. This guy. Little heads up. This guy lived his life like an eight-year-old who couldn't figure out what he wanted his Halloween costume to be. Yes. You're going to understand real quick what we mean by that. (laughs) But we're kind of, we want to make this a surprise. Yes, it absolutely should be a surprise. So, so buckle up. Oh my God. Yes, because you're in for quite the ride. Normally, normally my notes... And I do scant research. I'm the first one to admit that. I'm nothing compared to the powerhouse that is Christy. You made a phone call last week. I have yet to make a phone call. Uh, you know what? It was Maybe it was just to keep from writing anything down. <laughs> <laughs> I see. I get it. I get it. But, but even me with my scant notes, I, I trimmed it down. And I was at 11 pages yeah there's gonna be some stuff that we're gonna have to like leave out or something or yeah. do like a further episode i'd love to do a deep dive oh. because i'm sure there's some stuff there's got to be some stuff that was missed and it would be juicy honest to god you could do it just on like his 12th birthday yeah, really? an entire novel so so yeah eugene francois the vidoc We've been pronouncing it wrong all along. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was born July 24th, 1775 in Arras. Or the 23rd. Or the 23rd. Or okay. The 23rd. Yeah. We, you know, see this all the time. Yes. Everything's sources differ. Sources vary wildly. Um, he was the third child of six. The oldest, uh, one of the uh, older ones died before he was born. So technically, you know, that kind of in the growing up makes him the second oldest. Might be, maybe there was some middle child kind of action. I know he's not quite in the middle, but, you know, it it could. I tried looking this up. I couldn't find a lot about his siblings. Yeah, there's not a lot. And why would there be? No, he definitely out, you know, outshone everybody in getting attention. Absolutely. (laughs) Good and bad. And he was adored by his mother, Henriette Francoise Vidoc. And uh, his father seemed to be a little little stricter with him. This was uh, Nicholas Joseph Francois Vidoc. Uh, he was a baker. And a wealthy baker. And also, well, that's because he was also a corn dealer, Scott. Well. And we all know that that's where the money is. Of it, course. It's in dealing corn. Now, you can make a quick buck doing heroin. You know, dealing heroin. But let you me make tell a quick you. Buck doing heroin. Do, well, no, you cannot make a quick buck doing no, heroin. No, just a warning. You know, we're not uh, advising that at all. Or cor- dealing it. <laughs> but I'm telling you. Nothing gets the deviants out and throwing their money at you faster than just whipping open a trench coat <laughs> and having line after line of delicious corn on the cob. Yes. 
And then like a little packet of butter in your breast pocket. That's where the real money is. I know that when I see that truck at the Dairy Queen with the corn on the cob handwritten sign on cardboard, I know I start shaking a little bit. My heart rate gets up. I start getting the jitters and I'm like, corn. How many more, of our, how many more of our children must die in kernel related accidents? <laughs> I ask you. So, so yeah, um, really wealthy family. I've debated all week on whether I'm going to do this or not. And I'm going to. Go for it. Because apparently bakers are really raking in the dough. God damn it. I'll leave now. <laughs> I'll leave. It's, you, can have, you can have the podcast. You can have my house. I don't deserve anything. <laughs> Do I get to keep Hemingway? Yes, you can keep Hemingway. Oh, yes. <laughs> Sweet. So, so yeah, he was a wild child. Yeah, Man. His, his teens, he was cunning, fearless, and lazy. Yes, which yes, is a an interesting combination. Yeah, it's an yes. interesting combination. He spent time in fighting halls. Yeah, he was. A, he became a really good fencer, and he got an interesting nickname that's gonna come up later, very much later. Okay, I'm gonna try to pronounce this, and you tell me how wrong I am. Sure. Le Varu. Oh, oh no. <laughs> no, definitely not at all. How did you even have it written down? L e v a u l r i n. Oh, I have uh, v a u t r i n. So I think that's maybe oh, where. Yeah, I, I think yeah. <laughs> that's My like... handwriting's atrocious because I was I was educated in the public school system. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, le Vautrin is what I'm thinking. Again, my pronunciation, my French, is crap. It's merde. Yeah. So, yeah, which uh, translates to wild boar. It's not the current word for wild boar, but it was, you know, like language changes, evolves. It was the name for, for wild boar back then. I love seeing the way languages evolve. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we're seeing it happen much, much more quickly now with technology. Yes. It's interesting to watch. But my favorite example is butterflies used to be known as flutterbys. No way. They did not. That's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. I will be looking that up later. Let's find out if I'm <laughs> if bullshit or not. <laughs> we'll have our, a new segment every week where I go over something that you said the previous week, and it's called the bullshit or not segment. <laughs> yes. Last week, Scott said he could fly and his hair wasn't made out of wood. Let's find out. <laughs> yes. So, so, yeah, he started actually stealing in his early, early teen years from his parents. Yeah. He... Not a great look, Eugene. Silver plates. Silver plates, yeah. Sold them and spent everything in a day. Probably went to the candy store and just went nuts. Went hog wild, he one was... would say. Oh, I gotta stop. Oh, damn. I gotta stop. Damn. I gotta stop. Damn, Christy. <laughs> 13 years old. 13 years yeah. old. I don't think he spent it on candy. With his... With his like cunning and fearless attitude, I can almost guarantee a prostitute was in there someplace. <laughs> of course. Prostitute and booze. Of course that would be your theory. <laughs> Prove me wrong. Okay, well I can't. We'll get the memoir. There was prostitutes all over these notes. Or, if you want to prove Scott wrong or prove me wrong, you can get the book off of our Amazon wish list. I'll make sure it's there. I'm pretty sure it's there, but I'll double check. So, link is in our social media. Just a note. Um, so yeah, he was arrested and put in jail for two weeks. And then later found out that it was his dad's idea. Dad mm -hmm. trying to teach him a lesson. Classic dad. And here's what Vidok learned from this. Not a <laughs> goddamn thing. Not one thing. Oh, no, no, no. Not one to learn from experiences for a little while in his life. It took him a while. Yeah, because in uh, at 14, he steals a large amount of money from his parents' bakery runs off to Ostend 
to leave for the United States of America. Now, here's one thing that I read in one source. This was on a website called Alcation uh, by the the username is Flourish anyway. She seems to be a travel writer, and it looked like she'd actually gone on a tour discussing VDoc's life. Um, so this might come from the mouth of a tour guide, so I, I don't know the veracity of it. But the reason that he fled and stole, uh, and I have a uh, two thousand francs uh, from his parents that's from the bakery. Hot dogs. That's a that's a lot of buns. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the reason that he did it was because he accidentally killed his fencing instructor. Which, on the one hand, I was like, I don't, I'm only seeing this in one source, but on the other hand, I'm like, it's Vidoc. It's Vidoc. Oh yeah, we have. To... That's going to be a thing. Yeah, it is. Um, so yeah, I don't know for sure how true that is because um, you know, I have no no nothing against tour guides and such, but you do want to spice things up, yeah. and there is that temptation, I'm sure, to exaggerate, especially when you're in front of people and you you want to get those oohs and ahs and oh, you know. So and once again, it's a game of telephone. The, yeah, the tour yeah. guide may have been absolutely sincere. But the tour guide before them, before them, before them was told. Yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah, by some guy named Harry Steve. <laughs> yeah. Who went, yeah, he killed a man, you know, fencing, and that's why he ran off. <laughs> huh. Give me your wallet. <laughs> so, yeah, he, 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 was, he intended to sail. Now, I don't have to the United States. I have to the Americas. So that could be... A variety yeah. of places. Yeah. But, in, you know, this, this general, like, side of the planet. Um, and But he ended up getting swindled. Defrauded in a day. Yeah, yeah. All that money, poof, gone. gone. And so he's dead broke. So when you're dead broke, Scott, and you got to get some work, and you're away from home and you're 14 years old, possibly you killed your fencing instructor, where do you look? Prostitution. No, Try no, again. No. <laughs> Try again. Uh, the circus, essentially. Traveling entertainers. Carney. Folks with weird teeth and small hands. Yes, yes. To quote Austin Powers. Yes. So, so yeah, he went to work with a troupe of traveling entertainers. Wasn't really the fun ride you'd expect it to be. Received regular beatings. Yes, yes. And, uh... Bitching way to earn a paycheck right there. <laughs> yeah. And also was a stable boy at first. From the, from the, from the get-go, he was a stable boy. So you're shoveling the shit. Basically, you're taking care of the horses, which I'm sure has its high points, but there's also the low points, and the low points are shoveling horseshit. Well, here's the thing, too. He actually gets promoted yes, at he does. one point. It's, and you, you would think that'd be better. You could call it a promotion, but I don't know if I would. Vidoc is so <laughs> malnourished and beaten so badly that somebody looks at him and goes, you look like one of those cannibals. Do you want to be a cannibal? And the doc, because he's receiving regular beatings and is having hallucinations, just says, yeah. And they just take it as yes. And so he played a Caribbean cannibal who ate raw meat. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was a gimp. He was a gimp <laughs> is what he was. He was, yeah, he was a freak. He was, they, they had them in freak shows back in the 20s and 30s. You had the one guy that would bite the heads off live chickens and then drink the blood and eat them. And that's what he was. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so that's that's how he was earning a living for a little while until he really started to be like, you know, like, this is raw meat. I want to clarify for, for sure, because when I first read this, I was like, he's playing easy. Raw meat? I thought he actually was having to cannibalize. I was like, I realized that's ridiculous. You, you could eat any raw meat mm -hmm. and just, like, say that, you know, he could be eating beef. He could be eating 
raw chicken and you can say that it's human so yeah. but still it's gross it's disgusting i'm sure that there were some really fun salmon salmonella incidences and other really excellent diseases that every they... time he pooped i bet it looked like a zoo <laughs> Just with the tapeworms and stuff because this isn't even raw meat this is raw meat before the age of louis pasteur yeah yeah you know. it's pretty nasty and he was not he was not able to uh uphold this so he then switched over to the puppeteers. But uh, that didn't work out for him so well either. Mommy, I want to be a puppeteer for Halloween. <laughs> yep, there you go. Mm -hmm. Mommy, I want to be a cannibal for Halloween. No, I don't. No, no. No, no I don't. Please. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, was in the puppeteers. And this is the beginning of Vidoc's association with the ladies. See, I see. This is why I said he probably spent all the money in a day on prostitutes. Yeah. Because he's around 14, 15 years old right uh -huh. now, and he starts making eyes at the boss's wife. <laughs> yes. And the boss's <laughs> wife looks at him and goes, you, "I smell death on you." <laughs> Just no. Yeah. So that didn't. Uh, boss wasn't really, really big on that. Um, so then he goes and he finds a, a peddler and works with him, you know, like just basically finding work where he can. Until I want to he... be a traveling salesman for Halloween, Bob. <laughs> Buy me a briefcase. Um, and, and some pots and pans. <laughs> so. Would you like to see our fine selection of Kirby vacuum cleaners? <laughs> <laughs> this is the Encyclopedia Britannica. No, that didn't work. <laughs> Encyclopedia Britannica. And volumes A through Z. Um, it's just fun doing the voice. It, really <laughs> it doesn't is, even matter it? what I say. Exactly. <laughs> so, so yeah, he, he gets close to home, and I think that a lot of his his choices in employment were probably for the sake of trying to get home. You know, working with a traveling entertainment troupe, working with a tra a peddler. Of course, is traveling from town mm -hmm. to town. So I think that was probably his big goal. Just you know, find something to subsist on until he gets home. Yeah. So something he, that isn't. Used to be alive three seconds ago. Yeah. 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 Something a little cooked. So, yeah. Yeah. Get some. Get some <laughs> real meat. I mean, his dad's a baker. It's right in the name. Yeah. Bake. It'd be nice to have warm food that isn't. <laughs> I can't feel the pulse in anymore. Ew. So and his mom was was thrilled to have yeah. him home. You know. Open arms. Like, I mean, she was she was adoring. She really was throughout his entire life. And we should, just to set this in historical perspective, while all this is going on, the French Revolution is just kind of simmering in the background. Um, kind of like it is in America right now at this moment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you've got a lot of, um, well, you know, but the reverse, uh, a lot of traditional um, ideas and philosophies and ways of living that are being traded in. For the, for the shiny new. And I think that's important that he was, his formative years were spent in this environment of, you know, trading the old from the new, which could lead to, I'm going to say innovation. Um, not necessarily, you know, just new ideas. That's, I'm just going to leave it at that. So this is, of course, going on the French Revolution. So at the age of 16 in 1791, you know, uh, young men in an age of, you know, political upheaval and revolution, they join the military. So mm -hmm. he joins the Bourbon Regiment. I like to think he thought he was going into a bar. <laughs> yeah, he probably did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is going to be fucking awesome. I get paid to do this? Oh, shit. I don't think he was so shit about it because in about six months... <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Mommy, I want to be a swordsman. <laughs> yeah. He he really took that uh, Le Vautrin and he ran with it. Fifteen people he challenged to duels. He won most of them. He killed two. Yeah. Yeah. That's called winning. That's that's winning. Yeah. 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 And spends about uh, 14 days in jail, which seems like a lighter punishment, but I guess dueling was approved of. I guess seven days per person you actually kill, I guess, yeah. maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah so. that's, that's about right. While he's there, he helps an inmate escape. Yeah, yeah. Just because. Yeah. I don't want to leave, but you do? Shit, here's the key. I'll help. Yeah. <laughs> it is hilarious. I was, I was telling a friend about this, and he goes, wait a minute, there's... He's he's in a video game that I play. Yeah, yeah, I read about this. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. crazy. Yeah, and he was like saying, "Yeah, it's a." Uh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh yeah, we're not spoilers. Gonna... We'll he's... do it at the end. Yeah, we'll do it at the end. But there's a game out there. It's got some V-Doke in it. Yeah, yeah. That was I found that really funny. Yeah. Um, so and then another hispo- historical perspective thing. I was I was lining up timelines. This was the same year that Louis the Sixteenth and Marie Antoinette uh, fled. I'm pretty sure it was Versailles they fled, uh, and then they were captured. So, fleeing places becomes sort of a theme. Mm-hmm. So, maybe he was inspired and was like, you know what, I can do it better. Um, so, then he, he gets another promotion. Man, does he... <laughs> his promotions, when he gets promoted, it doesn't end well. No, it doesn't. Uh, 1792, he's promoted... But then, during the actual promotion ceremony, he challenges a superior officer to a duel. I fucking love that. I know. I fucking love that. You are getting promoted, right? Yeah. I don't like the way you pin that medal on me. Slaps him across the face. I have no proof that that's how it actually happened. But that's... Who knows? I, I just picture the officer looking... Looking down into the, uh, into the, in, in, like, on the stage as he's getting promoted, Vidoke just turns his head slowly and goes, what are you looking at, you bastard? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just, like, where am I supposed to look? It's, you know, forward. You're, you're having a metal pinned on you. You're being promoted. <laughs> I kill you. Do it. <laughs> yeah, Why he... don't I have a French accent? <laughs> there needs to be some sort of separation with the characters. <laughs> Getting meta. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is this is striking a superior officer because when the other guy said no, it's exa- exactly like you said, <laughs> right in the kisser. Yeah, <laughs> to the moon. Strikes him. Yeah, which that's could lead to death by hanging. It, it was a sergeant major. Yeah, he was being promoted to corporal, which is essentially <laughs> you're no longer on the front lines getting shot at. Now you're a secretary. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I will not be a secretary. <laughs> yeah. yeah, think about the. It's like you're no longer like a nameless person on Mash. Now you're radar. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. And you've just struck Cunningham. It's, <laughs> you don't do that. All these Mash references are going right over my head. Um. So then, yeah, he goes AWOL. Mm-hmm. Because he doesn't want to die. No, he doesn't want to die. I can't blame him for that, really. Yeah. I can blame him a little bit for the, the, the duel and striking, but, you know, uh, that, that's who he is. So. I, I picture him, like, running away, speaking to us, like, you've really screwed the pooch on this one now, Vito. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, he joins this regiment of light infantry. I want to be a mercenary. That's called the 11th Chasseur. Um, and... He hides his past. He doesn't, you know, obviously. If they knew about his past, they probably wouldn't take him. And they would maybe turn him in. 
So he's, this is, you know, the beginning of, of false identities and, and hiding past and everything. And then he gets caught in 1793. So it didn't last very long. He does get caught. So he flees to an enemy camp. I can't, this is, there were so many times during my research that I just had to sit back in my chair and just laugh and yeah. marvel. You know, it's crazy. It's bonkers. And I love it. I want to be a traitor for Halloween, Mom. <laughs> Um, yeah, and there, there was a general who had tried to, who, I couldn't tell if he had, he had been behind it or if he had just been involved in it, but he had there been somehow involved in a failed military coup. So he goes off with this general to an enemy camp and then he ends up coming back to the chasseur. If there's one thing about Vidoc, it's that back and forth, mm -hmm. back and forth is a theme. I want to be a soldier again. <laughs> I want to be on a horse, mommy. Uh... My voice just went real weird for that, <laughs> and I liked it. So, yeah, a friend got him back in, um, but then the, he doesn't really seem... They don't want him anymore, yeah, you know? Yeah, he resigns. And yeah. whatever, he, he was fired from the army. Let me, let me just kind of put this into perspective. They looked at him and said, we don't even want you to take a bullet for a good soldier. Could you just leave? Yes, yes. We'll call it a resignment. You'll get a little bit of money. Instead of us taking you just out back and shooting you in the fucking back of the head. Yeah. <laughs> so he goes back home to Arras. Um, he's 18 now. Quite the womanizer. I, I wrote this down. I, I wrote this down in my notes. I said, 18 years old, returns to Arras, is a pimp. And then I realized this guy has done so much that I can't write that down. <laughs> Because there is a possibility I forget that he wasn't actually a pimp. So I actually wrote the word metaphorically <laughs> right beside of it. Oh, I like how you had to remind yourself. Yeah, yeah. And of course, you know, being a player, like Vidoke is, uh, leads to a lot of angry husbands and a lot more duels. Yeah, lots of duels. Um, at one point, it appears, and again, I, I believe, if I'm correct, I should have noted it. I, I think this was from the Alcation site. Um, he was trying to save some aristocratic women that soldiers were trying to haul off. Like, you know, it, it was not a good time to be noble, you know, during the French Revolution. So he killed the soldiers. Yeah. And ended up uh, in jail for uh, a, a little over a year. But daddy to the rescue. Yeah. Um, it, it astounds me how many women that he slept with. Oh my gosh. Because this was not a good looking man. Look up the pictures of V-Doak. He looks like a, a, an apple carving that's been left out for a week and a half. Okay, but here's the thing. He looks like the kind of guy that has charisma. Yeah. He's got, in, in one of the portraits, and we'll make sure we put this up, he's got this sort of charming smirk. Yes. And you just want to know what he knows, mm -hmm. you know? So, yeah, like, I, I definitely wouldn't call him necessarily a good-looking guy, but very frequently that charisma and just that sense of, sense of like, adventure-loving, you know, just, just really that, that wild side of him probably was what was attractive to a lot of the ladies. He also did lie frequently. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, and he was also sometimes lied, too, uh... He got married to one Anne-Marie Louise Chevalier um, when he was 19 because she had a bit of a uh, pregnancy scare. Yeah, they were playing hide the baguette yeah. on a pretty regular basis. <laughs> uh -huh. And uh, yeah, he, he marries her. 19 years old, marries her. 
And, uh, but then she's not happy with the baguette that Vido can supply. And there's also no pregnancy. Right, there's no <laughs> pregnancy. So she, uh, she ends up, uh... Cheating. Hiding, yeah, hiding the baguette <laughs> a little bit more with Adjutant Pierre Laurent Vélain. Yep. <laughs> yep. I think I pronounced that right. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I, I left off every, the, the last two letters of each word, so I think I did okay. So, so yeah, he, he again goes back into the army, but doesn't, doesn't stick around. I want to be a soldier, mom! I want to be a soldier again, mommy! But doesn't stay very long again, so he decides, you know what? Oh, the ne'er-do-wells chill out in Brussels? I'm gonna go to Brussels. Mm -hmm. I don't know why that, like, was a hub of, 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 not demonic, demonic activities. (laughs) The freaking hell mouth. (laughs) Who knew there was a hell mouth in Brussels? Somebody, somebody alert Buffy. That was, that was was fucking obviously London. Yeah. (laughs) Actually, clearly. Probably. I bet the occult was pretty big in London around this time. Oh, sure. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah, he, he heads off to Brussels to chill out with all the ne'er-do-wells. And he's quite the, he's quite the rake, yeah. our, our V-Doc. Uh, he definitely defines the word rake. Uh, he, would, he would do well in, you know, I, I know the time period is off, but in like a Regency romance novel, he would definitely be, be chasing all the, all the pretty skirts. <laughs> and this is the guy that was going to end up on that one kind of bland episode of Unsolved Mysteries if it was modern times. Yeah, like, yeah. Like he defrauded seven women of their money. I'm Robert Stack. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we, don't, we aren't talking about UFOs or murder this week. It's just... Uh, got like some guy shoplifted something and like this guy who took this bitch's money and now she's upset. Yeah. I hate my life. <laughs> so he starts living under the name Monsieur Rousseau. Um, from Lille. Yes, yes, from Lille. And uh, goes into the flying army, <laughs> which doesn't really seem to be an army so much as just like a marauding band just kind of raiding and pillaging I'm a under, the, under the name of an army yes i want to be a viking mommy um and yeah not really an army and he finds this rich widow still living under this assumed mm-hmm. name uh he has what i called his wingman uh tell her that he was an aristocrat aristocrat on the run uh and now uh this is in brussels it's possibly according to some notes and I'm going to get the pronunciation on this completely wrong because it's not even French. And so I'm even worse off. The Baroness Dixel? Dixel? Maybe they don't pronounce the X. Dixel. Dixel. <laughs> the Baroness, the Baroness Dixel. Dixel. Um, Which, okay, this didn't actually lead me anywhere. And I wasn't able to find the time to do the deep, deep dive into a completely almost entirely irrelevant factoid if it had proved to be true. But I just want to state that I looked her up. And again, we don't know for sure that it was her. Right. But we don't have a name. Just Baroness Dixel. Dixel and I couldn't tell. No, Dixel. Baroness Dixel. Whenever you're looking up gay porn, that's what the little dots on the screen are called. Dixels. <laughs> They're not pixels. Dixels. <laughs> They're Dixels. Oh my God. So, so yeah, I, uh, I started and I just Googled Baroness Dixel. And I regretted it immediately. <laughs> Gay porn filled my computer and the room. Do you want to know what came up? What's that? Audrey Hepburn. You're kidding. That's her, not gay porn at all. Her, no, it's not. Her mother was a baroness. You know, it would be a baroness of right. 
Ixel or whatever. <laughs> Maybe it's so horribly. D apostrophe Ixel. <laughs> well, it is D apostrophe I X E L L E S. Okay. In case anybody's actually curious about the spelling, um, but yeah, her mother was a baroness, and she was born in that area. Where the so so I, I couldn't actually make the tie, and it would have to I would have to like dig through a family yeah. tree because you know who knows if if Audrey Hepburn's mother mo- was baroness of somewhere else and moved there. I don't know, you know, but it's. It's very possible that the doc hung out with a woman who would some whose progenitors would someday give birth to Audrey Hepburn. Weird little possible thing that probably didn't happen. There's a fair amount of celebrities that actually have some ties to royalty or kind of secretly royalty themselves. Oh yeah, that's very true. Yeah. Yeah, Christopher Guest. I don't know if you know who Christopher Guest is. Yes. Yeah. Um if you listeners, if you haven't seen any of the Christopher Guest films, my god. You're either going to love them immensely or hate them incredibly. One of the two. They're comedy of their own kind of genre. Mm-hmm. Christopher Guest is a lord in the House of Parliament. So it's Lord Christopher Guest. So, who's Christopher Guest's wife? Jamie Lee Curtis. Seriously? Lady Jamie uh-huh. Lee Curtis. Well, if you're a lord in the House of Parliament, is that the same thing as being an actual lord of a man yeah, because there's, the yeah, there's the House, house of Yeah, there's the House of Lords, Lords and the House, house of Commons. Commons. Okay, yeah. all right. I just want to make sure because my remembrance of, of that, the politics of Britain are long ago. Oh, and believe me, I'm probably 100% wrong. But no. <laughs> That'll I, be for next week's Bullshit Corner. Exactly. Um. So, oh, also uh, from Game of Thrones, Kit Harrington, who plays mm-hmm. Jon Snow, and uh, Rose Leslie, who plays Igrit, and they uh, are get together on the show. Then they got together in real life, and they both have aristocratic backgrounds. Oh, okay. it's, it's very, it's very much like this was. This is so cute. Stop being so cute. <laughs> when am I? When am I going to get a chance to date Daenerys? That's all I want. <laughs> Not Daenerys herself, but the actor that plays Daenerys. Oh, she's gorgeous. She's adorable. She she's, really is. Yeah, it's not. It's not even just gorgeous. She's not even like stunningly beautiful. She's just adorable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's also a very, very strong person. She went through a, uh, I believe it was an a, a aneurysm. Yes. During the filming. Yes. Yeah, she had I to deal with that. that. Yeah. Oh, that's boy. incredible. So anyhow, back it just to uh... makes her more attractive to me. <laughs> a good yeah. aneurysm, just so sexy. <laughs> Interesting fetish, talking, but I'm not talking about the strength of the woman. But you know, I'm not gonna kink shame. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, um, he he does end up. They get up engaged, uh, Vidoc and this this possible baroness. He tells her. He admits. You know, everything comes out. I'm not really Monsieur Rousseau. I'm not really an aristocrat of any kind. So he does. You know, the engagement ends. He leaves Brussels, and she's like, here. Here's a small pile of money. Take it with you. That's your reward for lying your ass off about something as incredibly important as your basic identity. Nice lady. In a weird way. In a weird way, though, you almost have to feel sorry for Vidoc at this point because he loved this woman Mm -hmm. so much that he, he came to her, this scoundrel, goes to her and goes, I gotta tell you something. I love you this much. I have to tell you something. My real name is Eugene Francois Vidoc. And my dad's a baker. My dad's a baker. And a corn dealer. Yeah. And <laughs> if you want me to leave, now I will. So it was a thing where I've, I've got to feel a little bit sorry for him. Because this is, this is him like, kind of going like, I can get on the straight and narrow. Yeah. It's, it's, 
it's a seed in there. And whether that seed will germinate or not, we don't know. But there's something there. You don't know. You don't know. <laughs> we did we the research. Fucking know. The, you sitting on your ass, lazy. <laughs> I worked for fucking hours on this. I have carpal tunnel, so without my bifocals on too. <laughs> in the snow, six feet deep, uphill both ways. Well, in in like in a call center. So yeah. I think it, I would have rather written this in the snow, quite honestly. On my deck <laughs> and in my home office so, so what do you do with a whole shit ton of money that your angry girlfriend has given you for lying you blow it on women yeah yeah, yeah. parisian yeah parisian women my so, man <laughs> la femme parisian i want i wonder if you need the la femme because parisian is the female version I, i'm not gonna go into that I'm not no gonna, that's okay I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna stay put and that rabbit hole can stay over there and we're just gonna keep a nice safe distance from each other before I go completely geek and talk about things I don't even know about. Right on. So yeah, ni- 1975, nope, nope, not a time traveler. 1795, there, there was is. so much, like when I was writing things down, there were so many times that I got the century wrong and had to retype it. it I ridiculous. did the same. Yeah, I, I don't know same. what it is about this one. Lots of dates, that's part of it. So yeah, at this point in time, he says, Mommy, I want to be a gypsy. Yes, he does. <laughs> Which I'm gypsy for love. We know uh, the the term is now a pejorative. Uh, you know, a, it is. A, yeah. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ! When did this happen? Yeah, against the the Romani people, it's been for for several years. It, oh it, okay, God. to some people, it's considered a pejorative. I think some people don't because you have like shows like My Big Fat Gypsy Wedding, which I don't even know if that's still. Around, Am I but... still allowed to say he gypped me out of like five bucks? No. Oh no. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Fuck! God damn it! Yeah, that's uh, that's considered. It's kind of like saying like back in the. Uh, 90s, uh, a lot of people would say he Jewed me. No! Jesus Christ. It's sort of along that same line, so... Uh... I'm... Oh no, I've become my mom. Like, to any Romani people out there, <laughs> I didn't know. My mom, to her to her dying day, would call... That collared woman is so nice. It's just like, I know she means well, and I'm sorry. You know, but it was, it's a thing where I didn't mean it. I'm sorry. I think the episode art for this... Uh... This week, which you'll think is even more <clears throat> funny when I show you uh, the previous week's episode mm-hmm. art that is going up tonight. I know that t- that timing sounds weird, but it's how it works. Um, it should just be a picture of your face instead, and then <laughs> the more you know, Rainbow. <laughs> and just go like, I've been, I've been a racist bastard and didn't even realize it. So, so yeah, <clears throat> but this is this is what they were called at the time. So we're going with that. Um, because probably at the time they might have even preferred it. We don't know. We can't ask them. We, they're dead now. Um, but Bohemian Gypsies wanders around some and then falls in love with another woman. Francine Longuet. Yes. I would say Longuet. Longuet? Maybe. Oh, Longuet. I don't know. I don't know how that G-U works, but. Longuet. Welcome to Pennsylvania. Longuet. <laughs> Do boys in Versailles. Versailles. Francine Longuet. Wilkes-Barre. <laughs> that's, that's part of my, uh, my uh, scare quotes American accent that I would do sometimes. I would torture Jackson a little bit with, with it when we were in France. When his pronunciation got particularly bad, I would be like... <laughs> Escargot uh, place. <laughs> oh, poor favor. <laughs> I'd like a creps. <laughs> Silvuplet. <laughs> so, so yeah, Francine Longuet. Uh, he falls in love with Francine Longuet. Notice how the voice completely changes it with does. the French stuff. It's it's it, it's very much similar it, to how you would 
I would walk into a French shop and it's very important that you say the bonjour. Mm -hmm. You know, they greet you and you greet them. It's very important. And so uh, I would walk in and, you know, this is my normal, fairly normal speaking voice. And they'd say... This is what I call Professor Christie. Yes. That's this voice. Yes, this, this is, is Professor, Professor Christie. Christie. Yes. Yeah. And uh, so I'd walk in and they'd say, bonjour. And I'd say, Bonjour. I can almost, mm -hmm. for some reason, I can't get the pitch right today, but, but yeah, my voice would automatically go to match that, that like high, sweet right. pitch. I loved it. So, so yeah, the, the American I'm calling sweatpants Christy, and then the French pronunciation I'm calling seductive Christy. <laughs> yes. I am, <laughs> I am varied and, and I contain multitudes. There you go. Including professors and, <laughs> and bad American accents. <laughs> so, so Yeah. This is this is an interesting uh, occasion, an event uh, with Francine. Uh, he falls in love with her. She leaves him for a real soldier. Not one on Halloween. <laughs> yeah, not a Halloween soldier who's going trick-or-treating. Which is kind of a bitch because he was a real soldier. Yeah, at one point he was a real soldier. Yeah. And then he was also a fake soldier. So, you know, it's not like he wasn't, you know. But, yeah, she does leave him for somebody who is a currently, presently an active soldier. He's the brontosaurus of soldiers. Yes. They were real, and then they find out, whoops, well, brontosaurus didn't really exist. It's the patasaur, and now they're real again. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, he is the brontosaurus of soldiers. Yes. And... I have to bring it back to dinosaurs somehow. Now, you say, okay, you know, that was bitchy of her, but she definitely didn't deserve what came next. No, uh, V-Doc beat them both. Both, yeah, both of them. Both, both of them, absolutely. Like, relentlessly to within, I'd say, one quarter inch of their lives. <laughs> yes, yes. The soldier sues him. And I can just hear V-Doc going, like, who's this soldier now, huh? <laughs> you know, bam, bam, bam. It's me, ha <laughs> ha. We're really joking about domestic violence, <laughs> but it's historical. It's historical and hysterical <laughs> domestic violence. Yeah. Uh, so... Why are battered wives never deep fried? I'll be here all night. Ah. I'm hiding in my papers. <laughs> I don't want them to see my face. <laughs> you don't want them to realize you're giggling at the bad joke I just threw out there. That was horrible. <laughs> Second week in a row, get out. Okay. <laughs> So, all right, we're going to slide on past that. Yep. Um, yeah, he's arrested, three months in jail in Lille, uh, and that's where his forgery career begins. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, I think it happened before. Yeah, I'm sure it happened before. This is yeah. just the first time he got You're caught. caught. Yeah. I, I want to be a counter veteran for Halloween, Mom. I want to help people get out of jail. Yeah. Yeah, so this one prisoner... Uh, gets, uh, he has six years for stealing, all right? He's, I'm feeling a very Jean Valjean vibe, but I don't know if he stole bread for his sister's children or, you know, stole a diamond ring. I have no idea. Yeah. He gets a pardon that is kind of suspicious. And so once Vidoc gets involved in this whole thing, uh, he is kept for longer than the three months. So time is passing. He's continuing to be in jail. He doesn't want to be there anymore. So he needs some help escaping. So when you've been in jail for a while and you don't want to be there anymore, and oh, by the way, you're in jail for beating a woman, uh, who do you go to for help, Pray well, tell? The woman I've beaten, because Stockholm Syndrome is apparently a thing. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, by the way, there's an excellent episode of Criminal and Stockholm Syndrome. It's amazing. Oh, man. I'll have to look up the... Uh... Hosted by Patty Hearst. No, it's... This is Criminal. 
Oh, I'm okay. Phoebe Judge. Oh, it's Jesus! Fantastic. I got oh, chills. But Joe, Joe thinks that she says criminal, and he so he can't listen to it. Oh. <laughs> um, so yeah, Francine helps. He escapes multiple times with Francine's help. Gets caught each time because, as we've said, needs to learn how to learn from experience. And at one point in time, she catches him hiding the baguette with mm. another lady. And I want to be a Don Juan DeMarco. <laughs> yes. So he bolts, goes uh, on the lam for a couple of days, comes back, and they tell him, I guess when he's caught again, you know, just coincidentally, I guess, Francine has a couple of knife wounds. I would say the word multiple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah multiple knife wounds. Not a couple. A couple is like three, maybe four. Multiple. Yes. Uh, nine. Enough three to qualify. Three times three. Multiplication. Enough to qualify for, say, an attempted murder charge. Yes. Yes, which is now on his head. Francine says they were self-inflicted, ends up in jail for helping him escape six months. <sighs> they stopped talking. Yeah. <laughs> One would think that would kind of be the nail in the coffin of that very turbulent kind of Freaking horrifying relationship. I've I've seen I've seen it happen though on both sides. I'm not I'm not oh, saying yeah. that it's like women. I've seen people hurt themselves and blame it on their spouse. And the, the coming back thing, they say it takes uh, six times for somebody who's being abused to leave and actually have it be permanent. And also, they say that, and I say they say these statistics are all you know. I, I think they're fairly widely known. I don't have an exact source for this because this is just spur of the moment. Right. Um, but they, they say that the time of leaving a, a domestic abuser is actually the most dangerous time. That's when you know one of the times they're most likely to kill you. Yeah. So yeah. So just some uh, some domestic violence statistics for you. So yeah, I, I believe it is six times. I could be wrong, and it could be seven, but I feel like it's six. Uh, maybe I'm just because I'm looking at six on the paper. That's <laughs> very suggestible. That's frightening, and it, it's the thing where I was in not not a heavily abusive, uh, physically abusive. I can't say it wasn't even not physically abusive, because I was I was hit a couple of times, mm -hmm. but I was in a very mentally abusive rela relationship, and it was a thing where, you know, a, a lot of people are sitting back and they're going like, I'd never stay in that. No, in these situations, it's turned up on you so slightly. Mm -hmm. It goes from, it isn't like a switch where it's like the person's loving and then all of a sudden one day they snap. It's little increments. It's yeah, the frog yeah. in the boiling pan of water. Yeah, because there's the abuse cycle. So right. like after it happens, the, the you know, the, all the, the love comes and the apologies and I'll never do it again. And so, yeah, it, it, and then, so that's, that's yeah. a big part of why it's so hard for people to leave. So, so yeah, um, but there's this apparently six months in jail for helping somebody escape after they, and then they probably stabbed you and yeah. you got them off of an attempted murder charge. That'll do it. Or he just was like, I don't want to talk to you anymore. So, but he, uh, at least he, he still has the forgery charge on him. He's sentenced to eight years hard, hard labor. labor. <laughs> <laughs> we was like, are we going to say this together or not? I guess we are. Yeah. Wondering, is there soft labor? And I found it, yes, there is. Oh, really? You can be sentenced to soft labor, which is kind of like building chairs and oh, okay. light. Whenever they make you the old thing of like, oh, he's making license plates and sing, sing now. Yeah, that's soft labor. 
Okay. Hard labor is like, you're out in the fucking road. Or you're a galley slave. Yes. Which is basically, so galleys were the ships that you had all the men sitting side by side, and they, they have the big oars, and the men are sitting there, and they're they're moving the oar together, rowing, some might mm-hmm. call it. <laughs> Sometimes words, words just fly around that's... in my head, and I have to grab at them. <laughs> He's uh, in a prison in Bicetra, uh where he has one failed escape. And of course he does. Then they're going to trans him to Bonne. Bonne? Something like that. B-A-G-N-E. Banana. It's pronounced he's, banana. He's going to be trans- transferred to Banana, which is a really whimsical name for a prison for galley slaves. Yeah. Um, which is I in, want to be a galley slave. Which is in... I don't want to be a galley slave. <laughs> I don't want to be... Mommy, I don't want to be a galley slave. <laughs> which is in... Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Breast. Yes. <laughs> So he doesn't. That's... I, I, I have <laughs> So I mean, this is this is the, the inmates have you know the the chains on their arms and their legs. It's a it's a it's a max security prison. Yeah. So he, en route to breast, breast <laughs> he got gets a uniform by bribing a guard, a sailor's uniform, and escapes. Yeah. This is the thing that surprised me. He's apprehended again. He's caught due to lack of papers. This time in history, your papers were extremely important. Oh, yeah, yeah. Very, very important. Yeah, you, you should probably be carrying those everywhere. Yeah. And and while he was in there, though, um, he learns savate. Yeah, yeah. Savate is a French martial art, which I didn't realize was a thing. Neither did I. Yeah. It the was things like, we learn. I'm going to be racist here. <laughs> These... But it's about my own people, okay. so it's okay. All right. I'm like the Richard Pryor of the French. <laughs> so I thought the French martial art was just like putting your hands up in the air and going, Je, je me <laughs> Which I believe, I could be wrong, but I believe that's how you say I surrender. Okay, all right. Je me All right. Um, but yeah, I, I looked this up. Savate, there's actually two different styles of savate. One is where it's like heavily... Heavily dependent on foot strikes. Okay. And you actually, instead of attacking with the entire foot, it's like with the ball of the foot. Man. Right? So it's like compressing all that energy into one spot. And then there's a version of it where you just mercilessly beat somebody with a cane. So, oh, well, <laughs> yeah. that's another version. Yeah. So you have version one and version two. Mm-hmm. I think version two sounds like a lot of fun. So, <laughs> so, so yeah. He learns Savate, uh, escapes dressed as a sailor. <laughs> which he mommy i want to be a fake sailor <laughs> so i just be, i don't know how he learned savate so quick did they jack him into the fucking matrix <laughs> i don't know <laughs> quick study sometimes yeah i guess so uh so and then yeah he gets caught and he says you know i don't they don't i don't have my papers my name is auguste duval so they're like all right we're gonna check this out and while we check this out we'll just toss you in the prison hospital which a lot of hospitals were manned by nuns and run they were run you know in abbeys woman to buy nuns i know I'll leave. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah uh, we actually visited one it, it was an abbey that uh, became a hospital they have like beds all along the sides of the walls and then curtains over them and they have it's, it's really amazing it's actually very very cool my father was a very not for his entire life but he was a very sick man towards the end mm-hmm. uh, the last 10 years of his life the hospital that he went to, Sacred Heart Hospital in Cumberland, Maryland, uh-huh. 
nuns. Nice. Nuns everywhere. Yeah. We were Lutheran. <laughs> we don't have nuns in Lutheranity. That's right. I said it. Lutheranity. Lutheranity. Lutheranship. Yes. <laughs> Luther Lexington. Oh, okay. no, 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 no. Different podcast entirely. Absolutely. So he uh, he's like, all right. How do I escape in the middle of all these nuns? <laughs> I don't know. I want to be a nun for Halloween, Mom. Your boy. <laughs> I want to be a nun. He's. Steals a nun's abbot and wears it to escape. God damn it. Oh. This becomes an English sitcom at this point. It's Fidoc. <laughs> so he ends up, after he escapes as a nun, he ends up going to Cole, which is Latin for cabbage. Oh, okay. A little okay. fun fact right mm-hmm. there. He works as a cattle driver. Oh, I missed that one. Yeah. He, Mommy, I want to be a cowboy. He's a cattle driver. While driving cattle through Rotterdam, he gets shanghaied by the Dutch. I just want to make a quick point here. It's about 1798 Mm -hmm. when all this is happening, thereabouts. He was born in 1775. He's 20 goddamn three. Yeah. He has had more identities and more careers and jobs than probably everyone in Johnstown. Well, here's... Actually, here's this is completely by accident. Completely by accident. Whenever I was training at my current job, which mm-hmm. is working for a cable provider, I would tell, you know, these stories on my breaks to my new friends about, oh, I did this, oh, I did that. So on this page that's right next to this is the list of the jobs that I've had in my life. Oh, okay. All right. Musician. Live musician, studio musician, radio board operator, Amazon M-Turker, phlebotomist, busboy, inorganic lab tech, newspaper delivery boy, phone book delivery boy, I sold fire extinguishers, I played the drums for a a circus, I was a direct support professional, I'm a podcaster, of course, as you know, now a customer care representative, I was a website content writer for a short time, uh, drumming instructor, and, of course, announcer. Okay. All right, so here's mine. Okay. Uh, technical support representative, uh, waitress, uh, assembler in a cup factory. We made travel mugs. Okay. Uh, and uh, t- journalist, uh, intern, technical writer, uh, customer service rep. Oh my gosh, it's so weird going through this because I don't have them all written down. Yeah. Uh, no, it's completely by accident. You know, I just... This is the same book that I used, and I forgot my uh, forgot my note thing, so oh, I just okay. used the remaining sheets of paper in this. Freelance writer. Uh, I also did some PR in that, and in like you know web content and such. Uh, some video editing even made it in there. Uh, frog wrangler. You know, of course, oh, the frog wrangling is in there. That's a beautiful <laughs> one right there. I'm not even gonna explain it. Just gonna let people wonder. Vidog would be like, I missed that one. Sheet. <laughs> I've got on one thing that you yeah. haven't, Vidok. Um, What's a podcast it. art? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, frog wrangler, bartender, professor. I'm sure I've missed one or two. Yeah. So yeah. I also, I, you could add babysitter, and uh, I also gave uh, internet lessons to elderly people. There you go. So Well, Vidok ain't done. No, he's not, not by a long shot. I, I, I couldn't figure out how this happened, but somehow... After he's shanghaied by the Dutch, 
he turns it on them and begins a short career as a goddamn pirate. Yeah, yeah, becomes a private. I want to be a pirate for Halloween. <laughs> Jesus Christ, he was a fucking pirate. Yeah, they use the word privateer. We know that's a pirate. It's a pirate. Yeah, so he. I want to hear like a French pirate. Yeah, I'm Mithatius. I can't even do it. No, you can't. <laughs> you can't do the pirate accent in French. It's French. French. You can't. French is whenever you take ranch dressing and French dressing and mix them up and get fat off lettuce. Uh. Yeah, uh, I wonder what Talk Like a Pirate Day is like in France. Oh, my God. It must be pretty pretty rough for everybody. So, so yeah, he's a he privateer. He did it over there. That's me, dog. He's the only one. <laughs> and... He gets caught again. God damn it. Uh, they ID him, uh, and then he's taken back to prison. And, uh... <laughs> yeah. He God has, damn it, Vidoke. Yeah, and this is 1990. No, damn it, this is 1799. He has yet another failed escape attempt, and then a successful one. Aided by a prostitute. There you go. There it is. <laughs> I told you, I told you, the man enjoyed prostitutes. If you, it, it was the 1800s, you got aided by prostitutes instead of catching AIDS from prostitutes. <laughs> oh, Lord, that's horrifying. Thank you. <laughs> I'd say you'll be here all week, but no, get out. No, <laughs> That was too far for me. <laughs> write that down. Done. 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 You won't hear me next week. I'm, I'm gone. You Part might not two even will hear be, this. Be hosted by Christy <laughs> alone. So, yeah, he, uh, he heads back home. He heads back to Arras. His father has passed away, so he actually just hides out with mom. You know, about six months or so. And then somebody goes, hey, look. It's that guy who likes to be a bunch of other things. <laughs> what, me? No. That's the problem whenever you have had 787 jobs. You've and worked, identities. Yeah, you've worked with everyone. Plus he's in his hometown. Exactly. But interestingly enough, this is the redemption story. Yes. Right here. This is a, one, one, of the, uh, one of the men... That he was in prison with before, a friend of his, who actually, he tried to blame for the forgeries that he committed, Herbo. It plays plays an interesting role in this. Uh, they find him, he's arrested, sent to Louvre, which I thought was just a museum. Stupid me. Apparently it's a town. Vidoc is sentenced to death. Yeah, he'd, he'd already been sentenced to death. But it, now it's for realsies death. But he'd been sentenced to death in our favorite place, Scott. Yeah. In absentia. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's the second week in a row. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, he was sentenced to death in uh, absentia. And, yeah, so he actually, this is, this is, it's getting pretty. It's getting scary. It's getting real. Yeah. Yeah. yeah shit's getting real for, for Vidoc. And so he has, there's a local procurator general. I don't know what that is, and I'm not going to lie and say I looked it up, because I didn't. Did I? I think... I'm just assuming I don't think I even wrote it down. I don't, I don't know what this is. Something related to the law, because this is a man, ironically named Ransom. Uh, and <laughs> Ransom. Ransom. Helps him file an, an appeal. And so he's waiting for this appeal to go through. During this time, his wife, remember way back from the pregnancy scare and mm -hmm. everything, she divorces him. So he's been hanging out in the prison just waiting for the appeal to go through. And finally he's like, screw it. 
I'll just do what I do. He escapes in 1805. He jumped out the window and into the river in late November. In, I think it was north-ish France, because that okay. seems to be where a lot of things take place for him. So yeah, just just jump out of a window and into the river. I mean, he was like, you know what? There's no nuns. I can't bribe anybody to, to give me a sailor costume, and I don't know what I want to be for next Halloween, so I'm just going to jump out of a window, and which apparently they didn't even bother to bar. I want to be a snowman! <laughs> <laughs> I want to be a popsicle! But why would they bar him? You know, it's kind of like the whole thing they did with Alcatraz. It's like, you know, jump in the jump in the bay, get eaten by sharks, jump in the river, freeze the fuck to death. Well, in November, but in what November? about June? Uh, maybe it's like the screen doors. You put the windows <laughs> yeah. in for winter. They're just, it's getting warm. Let's put the bars up, boys. Yeah. So he spends, yeah, four years on the run. Four years a fugitive. Out on the lamb. During this four years, he's in Paris... And he witnesses the execution of Herbo. Yes, Cesar, Cesar Herbo. This is the man from the forgery incident. So he's he knows this guy. Yeah. And yeah, it does seem to put him on a new path. Or at least attempt to. Yeah, he tries to go legit. But everybody goes, I know who you are. Yeah, yeah. You've been dope. Get, get, the, get the Harpo Marx glasses off. Yeah, the, the ex-cons come, you know, in droves and they're like, fence this shit for me. Yeah. His ex-wife is like, mm, uh, blackmail maybe? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah some blackmail? Uh, yeah, let's do that. So, uh, there. Hey, hey there, V. How you been? You been good? Yeah, good. I've been good. Um, so, I, uh, I, need, uh, I need like 50 francs. What? Yeah, like, 50 francs. We're divorced, and I didn't even get, like, a, you know, a, 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 there was no settlement or anything? Be a real shame if the Jean du Marais. Oh. I don't even know what that is. That's oh. just, I'm just making words <laughs> up now. Be a real shame if uh, something would happen to your head. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'll, I'll take that in 10 franc notes. I guess that's a thing. I'm not certain. I, I'm not from here. Where, where's my sailor's costume? <laughs> where's my nun's habit? Oh, it's... I need to escape! It's not sexy time right now. <laughs> <laughs> So, so yeah. Oh, he, imagine that. He's got. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, role play for Vidoc? Yeah. That has got to be something. I bet he loves it. I oh. bet it's his thing. Oh, my God. <laughs> you be the naughty nun. I'll be the sailor who's also a pirate. I think he was the naughty nun. Yeah. I'll be the naughty nun who's also a pirate with an eye patch and yeah. a hook for a hand. A hook for a hand. And, and a soldier's bayonet <laughs> on my side. And I'll roll a 20 and do double damage to that booty <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah it's not really working out for him because he does get arrested again it's right before his 34th birthday uh 1809 and he is not up for it again i think after seeing what happens to seeing her bow's execution all of this being in and out of jail um, escape attempt after escape attempt after escape attempt. He's like, you know what? Not again. So he says, you know what? I want to be a spy for Halloween. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. He he ponies up his, his services as an informant. He does end up going back to prison, but it's as a spy. Yeah. Which is, to me, something about that all these times. He went to prison, and then he got out, he escaped, escaped, or failed to escape, whatever, and then now he willingly goes back in order to stay out. Yeah. I literally have written in my notes, man, this guy. 21 months. Yeah, yeah. This, a spy. This might be the 
one of the longest terms he's actually spent in prison yeah. because he's there willingly and he's got to yeah. do it in order to get clear. 21 months and he's fucking good at he's it. He's really good, yeah. He is incredibly good. So good that whenever he earns his freedom in 21 months, not really. Yeah. Because he's still under the thumb of, of this agent named Henri. Yes. And Henri goes, oh, you're still a spy. You're just going to be a spy on the outside. Now you're going to help us catch criminals before they're in here. Did you see, uh, wait, did you see how he was released? Oh, yes. I loved this. Oh, yes. They wanted, they go, if we just release him, they're going to know. Let's make it look like he escaped. Come on, Vidoc, you're going to, you, we're just going to let you do the thing you do best. Yeah. We're going to step back and you just go the fuck to town. You, you pull a Vidoc. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. He's dressing up like a llama. He's a fucking llama. I thought you were going to go with lobster. <laughs> I don't know why. Because it's so delightful. Wait a minute. The llama's a lobster. It's got little claws. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a, then it's he, a lobster. It's a lobster, and then he ate the costume. <laughs> so, so yeah, they have to make it look like an escape because nobody would believe anything else. Because, he, but you definitely would believe an escape. I literally, I put that in because an escape is more believable. I had to use italics. Yeah, this is where I start to use the word fucking <laughs> in my notes in front of everything he does. Continues to work on the outside as a fucking secret agent. For the Paris police. Yep, yep. What the fuck? Basically, he, he, you know, is... He's working as, you know, a spy, and his cover is that he's an escaped convict, which is kind of the truth. Yeah. Um, You know, it's, it's definitely an act he can pull off, that's for sure. And, yeah, he would go, you know, he, he basically, like, threw himself into the world of criminals, into the, the sort of underground, you know, the, the of Paris... And he would basically get the scoop on any, you know, you going to do some crime soon? Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, what, what crime are you going to do? Burglary? Oh, okay. I'm just, I'm just, ignore me writing that down. I'm not, I'm not doing anything. This, this, this paper, I'm just, I, I need to remind myself to water the plants later. It's all, but it's all. Here's the thing. Vidoke didn't have to write it down. Oh, Vidoke's no. Vidoke's memory was like a goddamn steel trap. It wasn't photographic, but it was close. Yeah, there are some theories that it was photographic, yeah. but yeah, it was it was definitely amazing. Yeah, he didn't need to write anything down. That was, right. that was, that was an act. He actually... <laughs> that was a bit. Yeah, that was a little, <laughs> little skit with you. Happy fun times. Sometimes we like to play it. <laughs> he would actually find himself inside the prison every once in a while, wandering around to memorize faces. Yes, yes, he would do that to memorize the convict's faces so that in what? the future he would be able to pin them down. Yes. You know, when he saw them doing crime or approached them in order to sort of get, you know, into their good graces. And yeah, it was absolutely crazy. He would wear disguises. He had all these false identities, which works with his actual, uh, you know, past. And he would actually sometimes join in the crimes when necessary just in order to maintain his cover. Because, you know, you're hanging around a bunch of criminals. You gotta do some crime. You gotta do some crime. They say, you know, hey, we're gonna go rob this bank. You want to come? And you're like... I had a big lunch. They're not going to really buy it. You can only use someone. I got to go to the dentist. Uh, I got an appointment. I got go. the squirts. You don't want me pooping my <laughs> pants while we're robbing a bank. Why am I from New York all of a sudden? <laughs> I don't know. That's going to that, leave a clue. Oh, rob the bank? Yeah, sure. Wait, is, is, that, is that... That's my wife calling. I got to I gotta go. I gotta, I'm going to be in trouble. So. Vidoc's not married. <laughs> <laughs> Who's his wife? Uh, so, yeah, he... Honestly, if Vidoke would have told me my wife's calling, it's like, I think, I guess he got married again. <laughs> 78th time's the charm. 
So he already has this reputation, and now a new sort of reputation is starting to emerge. And it's a it's it's very slow because he's got to keep his cover. But mm-hmm. it, there's there's one story. I don't know the, the veracity of this again, but there's a story that he helps uh, when when em- Empress Josephine's jewels were stolen. He helped to recover them, and that made Napoleon be like, "Oh, look at this guy!" Because Napoleon would end up helping him out mm-hmm. in not too long. So, so yeah, but he becomes the motherfucker that gets shit done. Yeah, he's doing all these. Remember when I talked about you know new trading out the old for the new? He's not one for those old methods of fighting crime. He's just blasting into the future. He, there's a burglary. He's in the garden. He's like, hey, there's a boot print. We should save that and see if we can match it up to some guy's foot. Plaster cast. It's done. It's it's a little bit even more than that. Oh yeah, there's more than yeah. that. There's 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 tons of different. You know, he started. He he actually started. Imagine this. Keeping files. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. The unmitigated gall of this man. He is writing things down and putting them in a cabinet. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Who does he think he is? I don't know. Wasting paper like that whenever the steel trap of my mind is all that I need, Ethel. <laughs> yeah. My name's George. So, Shut it, Ethel. <laughs> yeah, there's there's many more innovations to come. I mean, here's the thing. If, if anybody was out there that didn't need to write something down, it was V-Dog. Yeah, but he's writing it down for other people. Exactly. Yeah. And because he's, he apparently looked around, he was like, oh, you don't remember all these things that I remember? I guess we're going to write it down mm-hmm. and put it in a folder. I imagine him just looking, looking down angrily, scribbling it every once in a while, like giving a disgusted look over the other person. I shouldn't have to do this. <laughs> You're the one that's having trouble remembering. You you should write it down. <laughs> yeah. This feels very, I, I relate to Vidal very much in this moment. <laughs> very much. I, I want sh- to be a professor for Halloween. <laughs> Wait, I want to be a professor for Halloween. <laughs> Can you combine them? I want to be a professor for Halloween. <laughs> that was horrifying. Thank I you. <laughs> so, so yeah, 1811. In 1811, he starts this sort of, this new unit of the police. It's very informal. It's not, you know, he's just basically just trailblazing everywhere. It's he's the like, French 21 Jump Street. Yeah, yeah. Four agents. Um, it's, it's, it's not, it's not necessarily sanctioned by the official police, but they know about it. It's just a plainclothes unit. Mm-hmm. Just basically everybody undercover. And here's the thing. Plainclothes really hadn't been used at that point. No, not really. And also everybody, all the different police were, were stuck in their different, uh, you know, arrondissement, their different mm-hmm. neighborhoods. There wasn't, but he was just given free reign of the entire city. And also... He was he was like one of the first people to go. Let's bring that woman in. Yeah. Yeah. He. Yeah. 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 He had women on the force. Yeah. Yeah. Eighteen eleven. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's a woman. She can't do anything. She bleed. <laughs> Feminist trailblazer. Yeah. Also, woman beater. Yeah. Every multifaceted. So uh, yeah, and it's 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 a time when. We've seen this before in previous cases. Uh, we saw it in uh, Bella and the Witch Elm. The, the police are stretched really, really thin. Resources are scant. All the young men are off fighting. Uh, so, yeah, this was pretty much, it was pretty welcomed. Yeah. But and, but crime was, was on the rise because you didn't have as many young men to be police. Right. But the thing is, they didn't want to admit. Like, Vidot, oh, they yeah. didn't want to admit he was the leader of this. 
it took a full year mm-hmm. for him for them to officially go. Yeah, V Doke's the leader of this, and I bet a lot of people and and to actually like bring the the yeah it was called the we should state the actual name the of it Serete. the Brigade de la Serete. yes yeah. the Serete. so they they bring it into the under the umbrella of the actual prefecture of police and I like to imagine whenever it was announced V Doke was the leader. A lot, like about half the criminals in France, just like as they're sipping their wine, do the spit take. Yeah, yeah. Whoa, Vidoc is the leader of the police, and I bet the other half oh, was like, "I wonder man. what he's up to now." Yeah. This is good. So he opens up branches over time, back in his hometown town of Arras, in Brest, <laughs> in Lyon, Toulouse. Uh, he gets this basically starts to get this network going of of you know. Rats, yeah. snitches. Uh, so yeah, he's very much he's got an eye on the future. He's got an eye on the long game and building a, a foundation and building a full house. Right by eighteen twenty four, which is a little a couple of years ahead. We're doing a little bit of a jump. Under his personal command, he has twenty eight agents. Yes, just under his command by eighteen twenty four, most of them ex criminals. Hired fresh from prison. Yeah. The fucking suicide squad. And some of them, there were about eight secret employees. Now these guys, they didn't get a paycheck. Mm-hmm. What they got in recompense for their work was a license. A license to run a gambling hall. <laughs> so yeah, they would get licenses for gambling halls in return for their work. So it was basically, they were like, you know what? I don't need the money, but I do want to do this other thing. Uh, so so enterprising. Yeah. And here's, here's the thing. Criminals fighting criminals. Was it successful? In 1817, he recorded 811 arrests. Yes, yes. That's like three a day. Three a day. Stopped 15 assassins in one year. And during this time, it should be noted. Yeah. Yeah. Brace yourselves here for just a second. If you're standing, sit down. If you're driving, for the love of God, pull Pull over. over. If you're on the treadmill, hit pause. If you're having sex, keep going. Yeah, why would you stop? Send and also, photos. why are you listening to this? That's that's weird. Hey, I, I don't mean, want to kink shame my... again, but if your kink shame, if your if your kink is our voices, I don't I don't know what to tell you. I completely I, understand. I'm actually going to stop end. talking. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, um, so yeah, all this time he's been doing this for several years now, <laughs> and he's still wanted. What the fuck? They've got, like, his picture at the post office. <laughs> they, like, his superiors would would get numerous requests yeah. a week. Yeah. Like, we need this guy. And then, we lost it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we never got that email. I, I do not know of whom you speak. V, v- Dark? V- dar- Vern? Vern? Vernon? It's no. It's so funny how he's straddling these two worlds at once. He has one foot in each, even when he doesn't want to. So he yeah. does, in fact, get a petition going for a pardon, and Louis XVIII gives him one. Uh, in March 1817. March 26th, to be exact. Yes. March 26th, 1817. Louis the 18th goes, eh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's sure, this yeah. piece of paper for? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much what it was. So yeah, it's absolutely crazy. He was he would train these agents himself, all by himself. Um, he would 
continued like actively working. He wasn't just standing there doing the the supervising. No, he would get on the ground floor. He would go in disguises. Uh, he faked his own death at one point because, of course, that's that's. He was bored. This is the most editorializing I Elvis. I've ever done in my notes because I felt the need to express myself <laughs> about all this. Yeah, so I want to be Elvis. I just got that. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I want to be Tupac. <laughs> Tupac Shaker is my favorite rapper. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Christ Almighty. <laughs> so so yeah, it's it's definitely he's growing this and this it really does become his baby and it's successful as hell Mm -hmm. now here okay i had to do a little extra digging here because in several places it said by 1820 he you know his crime had reduced by 40 percent so here is the problem with that number with the fact that there's a number at all um, the Ministry of Justice didn't actually even start a centralized database of this kind of stuff, who the criminals are, what they're charged with, what the details of the crime are, until 1825. So this, there wasn't a lot of numbers on this. And, you know, I even, I even went to a scholarly article that I had to, it was like reading. Okay, so you know the idea that like when it's really hot, you're like swimming through pudding? I can I can relate to that right now. At this moment, yes. Yeah, at this moment. It was like reading through pudding, and I'm in we, academia. We don't we don't have an air conditioner here because we care about the audio quality. Yes. And so, right now is sticky. Yes. So this was an article by Michael Friendly. It's A. M. Gary's Moral Statistics of France: Challenges for Multivariable Spatial Analysis. Well. Yeah. Somebody yeah. thinks highly of themselves. Yeah, that's, that's, it was, it was, I, I'm sure it was interesting if you knew what you were reading, but I had a hard time figuring that out. But that's where I got that information. I was really impressed by that. And, but looking at the years, you know, I don't think that you could have an actual solid number of 40%. So I don't know if that. He was definitely helping. He was, oh, he was for sure helping. Definitely I helping. mean, you don't do 811 arrests in one year yeah. and you know, you're slacking off. That's definitely making a huge impact. Johnstown Police should take note of this shit. Instead, <laughs> we ha- we have it going the other direction. Like the 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 police in town are becoming criminals instead of the criminals becoming police. <laughs> yeah. We actually a couple of years ago, we had a situation where a local officer broke into the evidence room and overdosed on heroin in the police station. Yes. Yes. Broke in with like a a hammer or something like that. It, like actually like 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 they were breaking out of jail. It was. Ooh, that was something. Yeah, he, Addiction's I, not a pretty picture. Before. I think he probably could have asked for the key and gotten it. Yeah, well, so. <laughs> probably. Sign it out. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty rough. So, so yeah, he is. He's making about five grand a year, and that's in francs, of course. Mm-hmm. And he's also doing some private PI work, which is going to come in handy later on. Uh, just kind of freelancing, as it were. Magnum V. Duke, PI. And of course, of course. I wonder if he would. Wear the Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't whenever think so I see him, whenever I picture V Doke, I picture like in the chair, like the, the ruffled shirt mm-hmm. and like the velvet blue jacket. Oh, for sure. Right? Yeah. But then it's like, time to go to work and he just rips it off and he's like a hobo. <laughs> underneath like Superman in the like, telephone booth he actually like sneaks out the back door the back alley yeah. the police station or just jumps out the window yeah picks up a hand <laughs> of dirt and just smears it on his face and the, 
my disguise is complete. Yes. Time to fight crime. <laughs> so, yeah. The first thing I will do to fight crime, I will not rob this man. <laughs> Already is a successful day. Yeah. <laughs> Mark it down. No, no, I don't remember. So, yeah, of course there are rumors in the criminal world and among people in general that he's, you know, he's setting people up. Or that he's doing that sort of, sort of that thing when you have a fireman who's also a firebug. Mm -hmm. And they set fires so that they can actually go and fight them and get the the glory. But he's kind of doing it helpfully. Well, no, but no. But he's being accused of it, doing it wrong. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. But there's no evidence of that at all. And then he gets he gets married again in uh, in November of eighteen twenty to a woman I, who's there's there's no real yeah. history on this. This must have been serious true love. Yeah, he marries uh, Jean Victoire Guerin, and she really she had no money, no Nothing. no history. There's no family that she that didn't she, even really have her health. Oh no no no, she was sickly the whole entire time of their marriage, which was only four years. God, less that, than a little a little shy of four years actually. That poor man. That poor man, and yeah, it gets worse. She, the wife dies. In June of 1824, and his mother, his mother, who obviously there was a strong bond, she had been living with him for, I think, most of his life after he finished his criminal career and started his criminologist career. Yeah. And... One month? Six weeks, yeah. Yeah. Six weeks later, uh, she's buried at, uh, with honors, and she gets a requiem at Notre Dame, oh, which is just beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Even even Vidoc didn't get that. Yeah, yeah. You know, she was eighty three, and yeah, I just, I really think the relationship between them was probably a very unique one. She probably had many times where she had to, you know, roll her eyes and say, you know, he'll come around eventually. I have faith that eventually he'll learn the error of his ways and he'll live his life on the up and up. And he did. And the pride that she must have felt, that she stuck through it and that she waited and that her son became what she knew he could be. I think it must have been a very special relationship. I'm just guessing, you know, but it seems like there was a very, there was a closeness there. And yeah, to have in six weeks to lose your wife and then your mother. The, The only other person I can think of that I would say tops that is Teddy Roosevelt, who lost his wife and mother on the same day. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, and that poor man was was destroyed. If you read Teddy Roosevelt's diary, he just puts a big black X on the day. And then a few words of like, I am broken and I yeah. will never be put back together. I'm paraphrasing that. That's horrifying. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. But Vidoc starts to get... Vidoc, sorry. We, we've been yeah. all over the board with yeah. the pronunciation, and it was bound to happen. So. Yeah. So Vidoc ends up getting some pretty impressive friends out of his rehabilitation. He befriends Honoré de Balzac. Yes, yes. Who looks like me. <laughs> Did you see the <laughs> yes. picture of Balzac? It was a daguerreotype, actually. Yes, it was. And I oh, love We absolutely this. need to do, like, a... <laughs> A recreation of that picture, but with you. Oh my god, look at that. I am pretty damn sure that he is one of your ancestors. I mean, he has to be. We do come from that, we do come from the same area of France. But yes, this, that's like, like if Ron Swanson and I had a child, it would come out looking like that. (laughs) Yeah, that's very true. And I mean, he's even. I mean, if you look at it, my eyes are kind of like smaller than they should be. He's got the small eyes. He's got like the puffy cheeks. 
He's got the slooping shoulders, the thicker neck. Yeah, this... Really, all we need is a wig. Honestly, uh, seriously, I know this is a weird thing. Look at his hand and look at my hand. Oh my god, you could be hand twins. We're hand twins. But I mean, this guy... He, oh, we're going to do a side-by-side. -side. He I'm fucking gonna... favorite. I'll, I'll shave off the beard and everything and just do the mustache. Oh, that's let me Let me grow my hair out a little bit. So no, I that... want to do one for next week. I think it's good enough without the hair. Okay. I think we're good. Or we can okay. find, we might have a wig around here. We, we have an odd of collection of wigs. Of course. <laughs> of course. But yeah, I'll shave I'll shave off everything except for the mustache. Okay. And we'll do a side-by-side. We'll -side. I'll even take my glasses off. I won't be able to see what I'm doing, but you direct me. All you need to do is stand there and put your hand over your heart. It's not oh. that hard. God, that I, is I, crazy. Jesus, man, he's sexy. Monsieur de Balzac. <laughs> Balzac. So I knew you couldn't help yourself. I knew no, you did eventually. I couldn't. Uh, you, I have no self control. So yeah, he becomes friends with with Bal, uh, Balzac. He becomes friends with you know Victor Hugo. Gets yeah. some inspiration that we're gonna discuss. Yeah, Balzac uses him as not just one character in a book, several characters. What if this is like reincarnation? What if? <laughs> That's weird. What if I'm Balzac? <laughs> and you're Balzac, I guess, too, because you're the author. Yeah, uh, shit. That'd be weird. Yeah, and uh, interestingly, the one uh, character, one of Balzac's characters, was named Vautrin. Did you make the connection? I did not. The boar. Ooh. Yeah, so it's definitely, definitely based on B-Doc. Hold on here. I need to do something here real quick. I'm going to right-click and set as desktop background. <laughs> That's really stretched Ooh, out. Uh, yeah, that's as an eye. Uh, let's <laughs> just center this. Yes. Nice. I'm going to have to see if if I can find like some sort of family tree to see if I'm related to him because it is kind of an uncanny resemblance. Do a DNA test. I might. I might. Do we have Balzac's DNA? I have no idea. See? Can we clone him? Is there like a mosquito trapped in amber someplace? And just <laughs> a park filled with giant Balzacs. But there probably is his lineage traced down and you could find possible connections. Yeah, so yeah. so yeah. Um he 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 does end up uh my my heading for this one is every time I think I'm out, they pull me back in. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he does end up, there's there's political upheaval throughout the 20s. There's higher figures, like, like kings, lower figures, like his boss. There's transitions and switcheroos and everything. And so finally, he's got this boss who's like, you know what? Your agents spend too much time in the bars and the brothels. And... V-Doc's like, w w do you want them to find the criminals at church? How about a library? <laughs> so he's like... Actually, you know, nowadays, you know, with the Catholic Church being, being as it is, I, uh, that's a pretty good bet you're going to find one or two. I wasn't thinking of it that way, but yeah. yeah. So he, he gets two reprimands, and finally he's 52 years old, and he's like, that's it. He hands in his resignation, and he goes off, and he finds a ghostwriter, and he writes his memoirs. And he retires... Retires wealthy. Well, he becomes an entrepreneur. Yes. Or at least briefly. He marries his cousin. Okay. Yeah, okay, pretty much. Um, and he starts a paper factory and he only employs ex convicts. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, that's his sole source of employees. But it doesn't end up being a very uh, good enterprise. And so he bends up Back at the Surete, back in his old job. Yeah, yeah he's bankrupt by 1831. 
Yeah. And the way he gets in is he still has like criminal connections and he finds out that there's going to be a burglary. He delivers the tips that solves the burglary. Eight people arrested. Yeah. And way to prove your value. Yeah. And Prefect Henri Gisque or Gisque. Oh. G I S Q U E T. It's not a pancake batter. Those G's are are troublesome in yeah. French. Yeah. The, he gets reinstated. Yeah, briefly. Yeah. Um, eventually, not even eventually, like a year later, uh, they dissolve uh, the Surete the day that he resigns because there's, once again, more conflict. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of political stuff starting to get involved here, so it's problematic. Well, on top of that, his wife is ill at this time. I honestly think if it wouldn't be for his wife being ill... Um, the cousin? The cousin, yes. Oh, the cousin's ill, okay. The cousin's ill. Uh, yeah, I I would believe that he would have stuck it out this time if it wasn't for the fact he resigns November fifteenth, eighteen thirty two. Okay. And the uh, yeah, the Surete is dissolved and then quickly reformed using agents with squeaky clean records. I mean, not even so much as a littering offense. Yeah, yeah, which is not the point, people. Yeah, it's not how it's supposed to work. That wasn't the original. No, no. I hate it when things like that happen. Yeah. So, and it's it's just it's just people going like, we don't want these ruffians here. The ruffians kind of drop the crime rate significantly. Yeah, but uh, Vidoc isn't one to be kept down. Mm -mm. He jumps right back up. So he goes on to start Le Bureau de Renseignement, maybe. Um, also known like in English, that's Office of Information. It's basically the world's very first private detective agency. Yes. Even the Pinkertons, not until the 1850s, or maybe 1850 exactly, uh, 1833. He was so ahead of the game. Yeah. And he yeah. knew his world. He knew he, he knew his strengths, for the most part. That paper factory idea, maybe not so much. He, um, he was kind of toying with something else. I, I, I got to imagine it was him going like, I don't want to be associated with crime whatsoever. I'm sick of it. I don't want to be on the good guy's side. I don't want to be on the bad guy's side. Han Solo said it said it best. The Empire and the Rebels are still on the same coin. It was sort and, of a sabbatical, I, yeah. I would think, sort of. Yeah. Like, let's, just, let's dip my toe in something else for a little while. And, and I, I guess crime's the way to go. Yeah. Either either direction. That's I'm broke now, are. so I'm going back to crime, but I'm continuing to fight it. So there's a lot of... <sighs> You see, there's a lot more conflict to come with yeah. the, with the police because of his his detective agency. Also, and, what what does this poor guy have to do to prove and to stop getting arrested? Yeah, because in in November twenty eighth of eighteen thirty seven, the police see uh, the police sees three and a half thousand documents from the Bureau de Resumen. Uh Vidoc is arrested, spends Christmas in jail. Mm-hmm. And then he's released. He's cleared of all charges in February. Yeah, yeah. It takes it takes months for this to actually yeah. happen. And then in uh, 1842, August again. 1842, arrested again on behalf of the priest prefect. Um, they stormed his building, arrested him. Also, you know, grabbed those those pretty shiny bracelets and tossed them on one of his agents. Mm -hmm. um, and they they basically tossed them in again. Yeah, in, for, in, in this time jail. for misappropriation of funds 
And they said he was kidnapping women and delivering them to monasteries for their families. Yes, that was an interesting one. That was, that was my, you know, if I could raise one eyebrow, I would have done it right there. Yeah. Um, so they finally, it, it, this is August of 1842. It's not until May of 1843. So like, what, nine months? Yeah. Uh, that they, they start finally having hearings and the judge presiding over these hearings just happens to be a good buddy of the very same police prefect who had him arrested. Mm -hmm. Can we say corruption? Five years. Five years, yep. Is the sentence. And a fine of 3,000 francs. And so he's like, uh, fuck this. Yeah, I was like, fuck this shit. Yeah. It's, yeah, and he successfully appeals. Yep, he gets a new hearing, new judge, maybe one of little less dirty hands this time. And the judge looks at him and goes, this is bullshit. Yeah, it took minutes. Yeah. Minutes, yeah, for them to be like, no. But he'd been in jail for 11 months at and, this time. And yeah. his reputation at this point is pretty much permanently damaged. Yeah, yeah, it's not, it's not great. Um, so he goes on... He writes some little books about more books about his life, some books about criminal justice system and about criminology, essentially, even though I don't think it was even had a name at that point in time. And then his wife, uh, the cousin that we mentioned, her name was Floride. Uh, she died after 17 years of marriage. They September 22nd, 1847. God, this poor guy. Yeah, he never married again. But he was a pimp to the last. Oh, absolutely. Oh, it gets interesting here. So, so yeah, he's he's definitely, he still remains a ladies' man. You cannot keep that part of him down. No, <laughs> and I just said that. He did it. <laughs> I did it. It was me. Not on purpose. So, there's still some governmental stuff that's going on. Uh, the, the, the February Revolution happens, and there's a transitional government in place. The head of this transitional government is Alphonse de Lamartine. And he is up against Louis-Napoleon Bonaparte. So obviously we know who he's a descendant mm -hmm. of. Uh, I think a descendant. I think he's son? Grandson? Son? I'm not certain. Related. Yeah. <laughs> Related to Napoleon Bonaparte. Um, so Vidoc's like, I'll spy on Louis-Napoleon Bonaparte on behalf of you. Um, and so there's an election for president. Bonaparte pretty much wins it in a sweep. De La Martine gets 8,000 votes. Interestingly enough, the doc ran as well. Mm -hmm. So he's like, I'll spy on him for you, but I'm also going to run. I'll split the vote. <laughs> Not really, <laughs> no, though. No, he didn't. One. Un. Un. Un vote. Un vote. And so, yeah, when Bonaparte wins. You know, you know who I just realized? What? Do you know who voted for Vidoc? Himself! <laughs> oh, that's fabulous. I kind of feel like he just did it on a lark. Yeah. Like he was just like, yeah, let's see what this is about. <laughs> that's who voted for I didn't even realize it whenever I saw the one vote. He voted for himself. I didn't think of that until now either. That's <laughs> precious in a way. Oh, Doc, you're adorable. So, so yeah, when the new government is the guy that you were spying on, for his opponent, they don't really want you around so much. Mm. So yeah, he's but he's still he's still got you know kind of dipping his toes in the water here. Or there, Scotland Yard comes around in 1843, and they're trying to start up their criminal investigation department. And so they're like, hey, 
can you can you help us out with this? Can you give us give us a hand? And so he, you know, he went to London, 1845, and I believe he helped them out with you know that there. Slowly, slowly, his health goes downhill, and then uh, age 81, in May 1857, he passes away with his lawyer and his priest present. <laughs> hmm Here's here's something I found interesting. Vidoc, this very public man, his burial location. Unknown. It's a mystery. Yeah, yeah. It's nobody knows. The police probably know where all his files are because they took them. Mm-hmm. The very day he died, they confiscated them. So that's interesting. And so when they tallied up his estate, it was creeping up on 3,000 francs once they sold everything he owned. Um, so, you know, like liquidated the estate, essentially. And a small pension of under a thousand francs. And <laughs> 11 women came up and they were like, yeah, hey, I, I have his, his, they call it a testament. So I'm assuming it's, you know, basically saying like, you'll get everything after. It's, it's, it's a, will, ba- but you, a his, will, but you give it to somebody else. His baguette was in my oven. Yeah. Yeah, so they basically yeah. he gave it to them as a present to 11 different women. I don't think that's... I, I think that's the criminal element, quite honestly. I it's think, entirely possible. He could have been, you know, trying to get some sort of information out of them and so been, like, you know, snuggling up to them and offering them his, his future money. I think it's more in the other direction. Oh, okay. I think it's more in the other direction. I think it's people being criminal. Oh, and forging the testament. He was known to be wealthy okay. at one point. So they're probably thinking there's money there someplace. Mm-hmm. I'm old enough to remember this. And I think we're only got like a decade between us. About. Yeah. So it's a thing where I remember as a small kid whenever Howard Hughes died. Oh, okay. All right. And people came out of the fucking woodwork. Yeah. And going like, oh yeah, yeah, he gave me a will. He gave me a will. I have a will. And this week, the big news was Epstein dying. Mm-hmm. Give it a couple of months. I'm going to make a prediction on this show that the people, and you may have to dig for this. I don't think it's. I think there's a bigger news element overshadowing this. But do a little bit of research, and I bet the amount of people that come forward and go, yeah, Epstein said I get get this amount of money after he dies, is going to be incredible. Don't they have specifically, like, lawyers and wills for that whole purpose? So that you can't just come forward and say, yeah, we had a conversation over coffee. Watch and see. <laughs> On I bet a creepy plane. I bet a huge amount of fake wills are going to come forward just the same way okay. they did whenever Howard Hughes died. Should be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, the money actually ends up going to an... Anne Eloise Lefebvre, who, um, he, he basically, she housed him, um, mm-hmm. until he died. So he, he stayed with her. I don't know if she, like, caretaker or what, but seemed, you know, nice lady at yeah, least. that's fair. That's and incredibly fair. Then you have... This name keeps popping up! This fucking name keeps popping up! Why? Should um, we do an episode about the name? I guess so, apparently. I mean, that is a hell of a crime. Yeah. Um... Emile Adolphe. God damn it. <laughs> and his last name, which he changed to this last name, 
Vidoc. Mm -hmm. This is, okay, so remember the first wife and the pregnancy scare. So, <laughs> that wasn't an actual pregnancy. She eventually went on to have a child at some point in time. And so this guy insists that Vidoc is his father, changes his name to Vidoc, comes forward when <laughs> Vidoc dies and says, hey, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm over here. I'm, I'm his son. I should have all of this money. V-Doc it, had it all set up. I think he was all ready for this. They just basically, like, shoved him out the door and they were like, He was in jail when you were conceived! <laughs> Get out! He caught, got caught on purpose. Yeah, he knew this was going to happen, yeah. so he he had the evidence, like, at the ready. Like, probably was like, you know, that's part of why his lawyer was there. <laughs> I don't know. But he was, yeah, he was just like, no, no, it's this like is not going to happen. like that crazy woman who keeps claiming she's Paul McCartney's daughter. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's definitely, it's, it's very, uh, yeah, Vidok basically, like, said, yeah, it's not, when you were conceived, I was in jail, mm -hmm. so, uh, unless I have some really magical baguettes. Now, I <laughs> or, do, or just one magical baguette, I guess. I've seen enough porno to know that bars do not stop fornication. I, I, your search history terrifies me. <laughs> terrifies me. Um, so. I'll email it to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic. So, but he leaves behind him an incredible legacy. Let, let's talk about the the things that Vido did. This guy remodeled the entire structure of what a police force is. And, and what police work means, what investigation yeah. means. Yeah. This is a guy, once again, allows agents to be plain clothes and use disguises. And women. And women, yes. This is a guy... And, I mean, this is like the, a trope of 1970s police television shows. Used informants. Yeah. That was kind of like, I'm, the police were like, I'm not going to trust him. Yeah, they didn't want to associate. Yeah. They didn't want to believe anything. Uh, he, record keeping. He yeah. brought record keeping into it. Ballistics. He once matched a actual bullet to a gun that was not the original suspect. He, he, he took the bullet and he took the gun that they thought that the suspect mm -hmm. used and he's like, these don't match. Yeah. So then he finds another guy who's like, like these do match. There you go. So, the you know, using actual mm. ballistics. There's an actual argument to be made that may be the first time that a bullet was matched to a gun to solve a crime. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely, it's, it's a very strong argument. Yes. He was the one who, um, it's funny, all of his forgery and everything kind of led him to this. We have him to thank for Indelible Ink. Yes. And then uh, he, he had some sort of bond paper that ended up being used frequently by banks because you couldn't... Once it was written and the chemical applied, if you tried to write on it again, the ink would smear. Yes, yes. He usually had a small lab set up. What happened to that? Like, I want a small lab in my house. You have, like, a jillion rooms. I know. I Make could one. I could set up a small lab. But no, the only labs in Johnstown are meth labs. Yeah. Yes, that's the only kind we allow here. Yeah. It's meth or nothing, people. This is something I found fascinating. He was a proponent of the good cop method. Yes, yes, he wouldn't just arrest them and take them to jail. He'd be like... Take them to dinner. Yeah, Have a nice conversations. And he would get confessions and information non-violently and voluntarily. Yeah, yeah. It was the Mr. Rogers method of detective work. It's absolutely fascinating. Um, yeah, he would have just... <sighs> this is the one thing that stunned me, is that 
he would investigate scenes and make assumptions based on clues. Yes. Which apparently was not a thing the police did at the time. Not really into it. Yeah. No. Let's see here. The the victim's dress was blue. That guy in the crowd's wearing blue. Arrest him. <laughs> oh, false accusations in that day were probably super fun. Yes. Uh, especially when you've got guillotines chopping heads off. Yes. And he, like, there was one story where they were accusing uh, this, this guy of breaking into a residence and stealing. And Vidoke goes over and goes, well, this guy is this height, but the footprint on the door, he couldn't have gotten a good leverage and got his foot up that high mm-hmm. on the door, so this guy is innocent. And they just went, it's a foot. He has a foot. Arrest him. <laughs> and because of the dual nature of his personality, he would sometimes inspire more than one character in an epic piece of literature. Say, for example... Victor Hugo's Les Miserables. Mm-hmm. He was the inspiration for both Jean Valjean and Inspector Javert. That's incredible. And you know that song's been in my head all week. Absolutely. You know it. And you know I'm going to sing and I can't do a baritone, but I'm going to do it anyway. Do it. And embarrass myself. Do it. Valjean, at last we see each other plain. Monsieur la main. You wear a different chain. Nope, doesn't work. <laughs> no, no, no. No, there was, I think with a little bit of training, you could pull it off, quite honestly, because yep. there was a Lauren Bacall there. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Big fan of her. You're welcome. Oh, I love the Bacall. Old-timey movie. <laughs> Old-timey movie, hey. My two <laughs> podcasts, joint. There it is. So, so yeah, he was really... Oh, he, he was responsible for so much, and he kind of, in many ways, got forgotten. Yeah. But there are ways in which he's memorialized. Aside from, you know, in, in fiction, like Edgar Allan Poe, he, uh, he, he basically wrote what is considered the very first detective story, the original, The Murders in the Rue Morgue, which actually might have been the first Edgar Allan Poe that I ever wrote. Not wrote. I didn't write it. Read. I read it. I was a passive participant. Plagiarism. <laughs> so... Yeah, um, that, that uh, inspired, it said that the C.O.G.O.S.T. Dupin in The Murders in the Rue Morgue was at least partially inspired by Vidoc. I tried watching, there is a early 2000s movie called Vidoc. I tried to actually find an actual version of it, I just watched the trailer. I tried to watch it. I found I found a version of it. Well, it's like science fiction. Oh, it's fucking horrible. I thought, oh, it's Vidoc, Gerard Depardieu. Yeah. You know, he's playing Vidoc. And it's this, it's essentially Mysterio is after Vidoc. Mm-hmm. It's this dude with called the Alchemist with a mirrored mask. And I got about 15 minutes, went into, into the, oh, this is bullshit, I'm done. Yeah, yeah. I, I The trailer was a little not... I was thinking, not for me, probably. No, no. So, so yeah, he's mentioned in, you know, other great works. Actually, as himself, not as, you know, a personification of himself. In Moby Dick, in Great Expectations, they actually name-check the doc. Uh, there were a lot of plays about his life. Some of them were taken off the stage almost immediately because they Fucking said... Fucking hack Herman Melville dropping the good name of a doc. <laughs> <laughs> they said, that wig looks too much like the wig that our king wears. No. No play! Weird shit in, in the 1800s in France. Um, so yeah, he, he definitely, he has a, a legacy 
that it sometimes pops up, but it should be more remembered. You mentioned the video game. Um, Assassin's, Assassin's Creed, Creed Unity. Okay. I didn't know it was Assassin's Creed Unity. My friend just said an Assassin's Creed game. Okay, yeah. It's yeah. Assassin's Creed Unity. Um, it's set in the French Revolution. And there's some little... You know how they'll have like side side missions mm-hmm. that you have to do that are you know not the main thing? Well, some of them are investigating murders in where else? Paris. Of during course. the French Revolution, of course. The policeman is inept and you get the best advice... From this young lad in a cell. Yes. Who is yes. very obviously Vidor. Yes. it's That's delightful to me. And then I think the best legacy of all is actually how we found out about this guy. Yes. The very best. Just, I mean, wow. Um, this started in our Boy in the Box episode. Am I right? Yes. Okay, I thought yes. so. Uh, the VDOC Society uh, began, it was established in 1990. Uh, Frank Bender, uh, a Philadelphia forensic artist and sculptor, he started this um, to gather basically experts in all sorts of fields related to criminology uh, to solve cold cases all over the world. They basically seek the cases out I, I, and, and they, it's free. They have a motto, Veritas Veritatum. Truth generates truth. Which is lovely, I think. I actually, we have a motto here as well. The good old days weren't that good. Yeah. I translated it to Latin for us. Oh, I love it. Bodum olum non est bonum. Ah, delightful. There we go. Perfect. Um, and yeah, they actually, they, they, and they named their society after him. And one of their rules is we will never have more than 81 members. The number of years Vidoc was alive. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, it's just experts, like the, the top people in their fields who are willing to give their time and their efforts and their knowledge in order to try to really do the thing that, that, should have been done in the first place. Yeah. yeah. Solve the case. Yeah. Don't bother filling out a form or sending a resume. Invitation only. Oh, membership. yeah. This is a very elite group. Yeah. Yeah. As it should be. Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially with the doc's name attached to it. So I think, man, that was That's... that was a long one, but it flew right by because oh, that was know. so fun. Oh, my God. God. Oh my God! I hope I live one twentieth the life this guy <laughs> right? has. Without all the so jail far. time, yeah. I would love it without all the jail time. Thank you very kindly. This was, this was incredible. Yeah. The, this is the type of person that you sit back and go, how, how did you pull all of this off? How did? Even the stuff that's accidentally... He accidentally became a pirate. Yeah. Yeah. How the fuck do you do that? Now, a lot of information does come from his memoir. I'm sure there's some stretching of the truth, but I do feel that there are some people who just are this way. It goes yeah. And it goes along with the charisma, too. I think the charisma probably had a lot to do with it. You know, he had the brains and intelligence right. as well. I think it's a one, two, three punch, honestly. I think if you have charisma, you couple that with intelligence... And then you throw curiosity on top of that. Mm -hmm. Because I think people who are curious are less likely to look at something and go, no. Yeah. Yeah. They're more likely to look at something and say, let's try this. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, there is an amazing author, and I believe everybody should read this book. It's called You Are a Badass. Um, the author's name is Zen, uh, Jen Sincero. And what she did, one of the first things she did that was incredibly badass was a couple months after learning how to play guitar, she started a band called Crotch. And within a few months, they had a video on MTV hmm. and were touring. And the advice she gives, we just wanted to see what we could get away with. Huh. And yeah, just, and you can go online, go online, go to YouTube, look up the crotch video. <laughs> oh, you should probably put a crotch band. Maybe, yeah, yeah. maybe, maybe that might be best. Definitely yeah. don't look for it on Pornhub. Well, the doc was living, no matter which side of the law he was on, he was always living his most badass life. Absolutely. And uh, so, yeah, I think, I think that's where we should leave it. I think so, too. So, okay. We are old-timey crimey. Thank you, Gumshoes, for joining us on this epic adventure. I think this is episode 25, I which think is pretty so. cool. I think so. Th it's the Gumshoes here. I love our Gumshoes. Yes. I love it. Please. And we're getting more and more videos up on the YouTube channel mm -hmm. as well. So, please, go over there. Click like. Uh, subscribe. Comment on the videos. Uh... And you know what? I'm going to put this one up soon on YouTube. You're going to hear this uh, first. But you know what? Click that like button for the prototype gumshoe. Yes. And don't forget to, uh, you know, give us those five stars on Apple uh, Podcasts, iTunes, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> after this, after the doc, how can you not? Seriously. Oh, this was seriously so fun. Don't do it for us. Do it for him. Do it for him. Yeah, do it for the doc. And, you know, I'll head over to Podbean and follow us there. We have a new follower on Podbean that I need to give a shout out to as I'm trying to get into the account. Come on, come on. I changed all the passwords. Hi, <laughs> you bastard. The passwords are all tits69420. <laughs> I guarantee somebody's out there right now. T I T is tits two T's or one T. Ah yes, Blackie Deuce. Blackie Deuce. Is this somebody that you know? Because this is their um. Let's take a look here. That's their their profile picture. The first time I saw a penis. <laughs> and it's, no, it's I... one of the the old detective type novels, yeah. like the pulp novels, with like a woman like you know like in fear. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, no. That's no one I would know, but it's somebody it's, I want to know. It's funny because you brought that up a couple episodes yeah. ago, so I just was like, oh, "Yeah, Scots. the whole pizza rolls thing." Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. Um, thank you, Blackie Deuce, for the follow, and don't forget our Amazon wish list. Really, you can be not just a gumshoe, but a god. Mm -hmm. You can control our lives, at least for the space of, you know, a week. Uh, give us, you know, buy us a book. We'll read it. We'll do a deep dive. And we'll make sure to, to thank you profusely and sing your praises and give you many whimsical, lovely compliments. And then follow us on our Twitter and our Facebook. We are Old Timey Crimey in both places. And if you don't do the social media, but you do email, oldtimeycrimey at gmail.com is where you can find us. 
So, so yeah, that's been uh, it for this week. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the listens, follows, ratings, joinings, all that fun stuff. We really appreciate it. We've been having a fantastic time. Please join us again next week. We've got an amazing case lined up for you oh, next week. Oh, even the name is amazing. Next week we are going to be doing the Tottenham Outrage. I say. <laughs> Dear me, many pearls will be clutched. My anus is puckered with anticipation. <laughs> and on that note... So we here at Old Timey Crimey, thank you very much. And we would like to encourage you to um, be your best vidoc. And that means, you know, staying on the good side of the law, but just be a badass. Yeah, absolutely. And the sphincter loosens. Have a good night, everyone. (laughs) See you next week. never at a lack of finding someone to holster his gravy gun to completion. Oh my god. I demand you cut that out. <laughs> That's horrifying imagery. So 134 16. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but will it actually happen? You can just say the baguette. It's on theme. <laughs> gravy has nothing to do with anything. 34. You never <laughs> mentioned beef bourgeonion. <laughs> oh shit. Oh my heavens. <laughs> This may end up at the end of the episode. (laughs) Okay, that's a good one, yeah.